because he is 17 and has opinions about rum. Thank you. Well put, Kate. Exactly. How do any of them know? When I was 17, I was drinking Mike's Hard Lemonade. and gals, and welcome to another episode of XOXO Riverdale. I'm Louis Perlman. <laughs> See, I don't like this game. If I win, it sounds like I'm shouting over a woman. It's, but I'm allowing you to, like, I'm giving you permission to shout over me. Like, I started the game. It's like the first, like, literal five seconds of what our new listeners are hearing is this oh, yeah. dude shouting over yeah, for any, listeners, for any new listeners, we decided to make it a game to see who can get to their name first. Yes. <laughs> and this is the first time we've come in conflict. This is. This is the first time we've come in conflict. I just, I don't know. In the current moment, it makes me feel icky. I'm just saying. Okay, well, I'm Kate Vatter. Yes. And he's Louis Perlman. Yeah, yeah. You're Kate Vatter, and I am the other co-host. <laughs> and the rest and the rest here at xoxo riverdale what a great uh reference to a show from the 60s that our listeners right out the gate we're doing the references we're doing the old the old lady and old man references (laughs) yeah so yeah this is your favorite riverdale podcast that's hosted by two adults who are still watching this show and caring about it you yeah. can rate and review us on iTunes. You can follow us on social media. And if you like what we're doing, we don't want you to give us any money via Patreon or via our Venmos. We want you to go and find a charity that either supports the Black Lives Matter movement or other movements involving economic inequality, and we want you to donate to it. And that is the deal with XOXO Riverdale. Yes. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Did you see Side Berlanti note, the new Batwoman? Yes. I just read about it and it looks super cool. Yep. I'm excited about it. It's a shame. This is totally worth mentioning on the show. Batwoman, another show produced by Greg Berlanti, is losing its lead, Ruby Rose, mm-hmm. which also means that they've decided to go with an entirely newly created character to take up the mantle of Batwoman. And let me tell you, Kate, the comic books that the first season of Batwoman are based on are some of the best comics of the last, like I'd say 30 years. Mm -hmm. And boy, did they ever do literally the worst job adapting them they could possibly do. So it's just a shame as a fan that they never really got Kate Kane right, which is the name of the character. Mm-hmm. But I'm totally in support of them moving on to a completely different character because yeah. they watched Kate Kane so incredibly poorly. Yeah. I just don't, I'm not interested in seeing more from their interpretation of her. Yeah. And they hired Ruby Rose as queer. So everyone was like, oh, we need that. And the new woman is also queer and also black. So she's queer. Yeah. It's going to be fun. I'm excited about it. And apparently she's living out of her van, the character. Love it. Yeah, I think that's great. A Batwoman living out of her van because that's also deals with some sort of issues with wealth that like the whole like Batman like 
character like doesn't deal properly with so yeah yeah <laughs> living in her van down by the river reference two for the day <laughs> yeah reference two that's over 30 years old so it's less than 30 years old is it yeah it's like 20 it's like 27 years old yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. so it's less than 30 though okay fine yes so there's some riverdale news happening let's uh let's talk about it yeah so first um another nail in the coffin for riverdale universe is that chilling adventures sabrina is nearly finished mm-hmm. got one more micro season left one more micro season and then ras roberto aguirre sacasa yes. just announced that he is going to continue the story in comic book form Right, which I like, but I also don't trust it's going to happen based on his history of finishing comic books. That's right. He often promises comics that never happen. Yeah, or so, starts them and doesn't finish. Yes, yeah, so we will see if that happens. But uh, I'd like to see those interpretations of the characters continue as, as comics. Yeah. Pretty cool. And then speaking of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina... Um, I went through this week the For Your Consideration sections for Emmys which means these are not nominees. These are um, people who producers and networks want to be nominated and will send you a DVD of Mm -hmm. to get them nominated. And I will say I did not go into the technical categories like cinematography and like line produce. I didn't do that. I did um, writing, directing, acting, and series. Mm -hmm. And as for the greater Riverdale universe, Sabrina is up some episodes for writing and directing and they and drama series and they seem to have submitted literally every actor that's been on the show great sure katie Keene is up for series and two of the actors best of luck yep and then riverdale is up for series sure three actors do you want to guess yes i do skeet ulrich no okay what? Boy! Nominate me for an Emmy, boy! Also, um, two of them are very good, and then one is, like, out of left field, but great. Okay. Lily Reinhardt. No. What? <laughs> She's, like, the best lead on the show. Keep okay. going, though. Okay. Cole. No. Ugh. Uh, Cammy. No. Jesus fucking Christ. KJ? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Yes. Uh, fine. Fine. Uh, KJ, Madeline. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Madeline is very good on the show. No, I'm going to tell you the third because you're not going to guess it. Michelle Prada, who plays Hermosa. Well, I love Hermosa. <laughs> so, She's a guest actress in a drama series. Yeah, well... <laughs> She is fabulous. So, yeah. yeah. And then there's one other for your consideration that is not Riverdale, but is big for us, which is Richard Kind. <laughs> no. Oh. Cody Kearsley. Cody Cody Kearsley for... for for Daybreak. Oh, nice. Yeah, but is Moose. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I, I'd like to watch Daybreak to see him on. I it. started it and immediately fell asleep. Oh, well, we are getting up there in age. (laughs) It opens with just like a lot of dirt bikes. Oh, a thing that I have never cared about. (laughs) 
<laughs> Never once. Um, yeah, you know, I'm watching Community for the eighth time, so that has no dirt bikes. Has a lot of paintball. Yeah, totally. Maybe Riverdale could use more dirt bikes. <laughs> <laughs> or they could just have an annual paintball tournament. Where oh my Mr. god. Honey is worried about not being a good dean. <laughs> so this is chapter 68. 67. Sorry, 67. That's right, because we've done two bonus episodes. Yes. Which means that this is for XOXO Riverdale, episode 69, baby. Nice. Nice. (laughs) So, Varsity Blues. Yes. Named after the uh, 90s movie. Yes, the legal scandal and not the movie. (laughs) Yes, the legal scandal that's that's in entrapped the nation. Yes. Um yeah, the movie starring James Vanderbeek, I believe. Yep, it's JBB. As a football player. Yep. Was it college football? I can't remember. Or I high school was, football. I believe it was high school. I will say my full understanding of it does come from not another teen movie. Mm-hmm. Very Which good. I do want to say, people don't know this at home. It is different from the scary movie people. And the like epic movie stuff, it's not another teen movie, is a different set of producers and is actually good. Oh, great. I will also add, did try to watch it recently, not that good. But okay. at the time. Was one of the better ones. Yeah. yeah. And it has Chris genre. Evans in the James Vanderbeek place. Oh, Chris Evans. Love Chris him. Chris Evans is also for your consideration. For just being awesome. Yeah, and also defending Jacob, but mostly for being great. <laughs> yeah, I just finished rewatching all the Marvel movies, so... You should watch Defending Jacob. Yeah, I love Chris Evans. He's my future husband, so it makes sense. Yes. So let's get into this episode. Did you like it? How did you feel about it overall? I felt like it was full of a bunch of really fun micro moments that didn't necessarily add up to one good episode, but had its had its place a lot of i wrote down a lot of quotes yes it was it was really all over the place yes and it introduced a lot of new plot points Mm -hmm. that i don't know if they're a great direction for the show to go in yeah but was like you know did i agree did have moments that i really enjoyed so Mm -hmm. overall maybe not the strongest episode but certainly i don't think this is gonna be an episode that we like rag on really hard either you know yeah yeah like it yeah i didn't yeah i didn't hate this one Mm -hmm. so it's archie's final spirit week yeah which so i guess he's not definitely not playing in college uh yeah you know unless yeah i guess he's yeah but or i guess his final spirit week at riverdale yeah I guess. Which is fine. When does Spirit Week, does that ever, does that happen traditionally at a certain time for high school? I think it's generally just like another word for homecoming week. Okay, so cool, fall. cool. So fall. so fall. Yeah, it's usually the fall, like the football game against the rival team. Yeah, because it feels like. We did just have an ice storm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did just have an ice storm. And it feels like there's been a major time jump and now we're in spring to me. Right, which is not football season anywhere in the United States. Yeah, so plays fast and loose with time, but what else is new for Riverdale? Yeah, and I will say that they did mention up top that it's finally Riverdale gets to have a real celebration. Yes, finally, because they've been so miserable and their celebrations keep getting interrupted by serial killers. Murders, I know. I know, poor Riverdale. Me, 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 me. (laughs) So Brett mentions... 
to Jughead that it's time to upgrade the laptop, which if you recall last episode, I noticed that Jughead had a new laptop. So I'm wondering if this was filmed out of order. Oh, that's interesting. Did he have a new, was it different stickers? Is that how you noticed? It was like a very new MacBook Air with like two stickers. Yeah, and we know the stickers on Jughead's laptop. We've yeah. actually talked about them in detail before on the show. Yeah, and he yeah. had been carrying around like a clunky, like 10 year old HP for a long time. And yes. now it's like smooth air. So I think that maybe that was just like a little out of order. Yeah, a bit of a mistake. Yeah. But definitely Jughead's like, these keys are used to my fingers. And as someone- You and I spoke about outside of the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. As someone who literally just bought a new laptop, I'm having such a hard time getting used to my new keyboard's elasticity and my trackpad sensitivity. So Mm -hmm. I completely get where Jughead's coming from. And I'm trying to write a new piece on it. Trackpad sensitivity. I think I might need to. Yeah, for sure. And that's a great, you know, hint to all our listeners at home. If you're a Riverdale fan, you could change your trackpad sensitivity. I can't say anything for keyboard elasticity, but I can speak to trackpad sensitivity. Yeah, definitely. And then, you know, fucking Mr. DuPont, who I don't trust further than I can fucking throw that guy. Oh, God. He sucks. He has a recruiter from Yale who wants to talk to Mr. Forsyth. Right, even though he didn't apply. Even though he didn't apply. And then Betty applied to Yale and got rejected. Yep. Which, did we know about that before this episode? Yeah, we did. It was the whole thing because Alice let, left the letter out and I thought it was going to be like a Cinderella story where she actually got in, but like Alice typed up a rejection letter. That's right. That's so, but do we know that she officially didn't get into Yale? I mean, I guess. Yeah. I guess. Like, I'm just theorizing and a Hillary Duff movie from like 2004. So, totally, totally. But a good, a good basis for your theory. Thank you for Thank that. You. Yeah. And so, yeah. So, Betty isn't into it, or Betty wants to be at, at Yale, and Jughead is so polite and such a gentleman in this scene. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know if this is a good idea. But then he decides to take the opportunity, which is great. Good for him. Mm-hmm. And then we get into the fact that there's so much underage drinking on the show and no one cares about it. Yep. Well, so Veronica said she put her shimmy on the recipe, which is what I said, which is that it has totally to like changed something. Yeah, and the proprietary thing. Yeah. yeah. We'll that get if into you... a little bit more on that later because it does become even more confusing. Absolutely, yes. But at this point, Reggie does like the new rum because he is 17 and has opinions about rum. Thank you. Well put, Kate. Exactly. How do any of them know? What... When I was 17, I was drinking Mike's Hard Lemonade. Nice. No, um... not nice. Puking, puke time, USA. <laughs> no, but that's like, that's real for a 17-year-old. Like, I will that's say- right still like I only drink one type of wine because of allergies but it's just truly like if it's a Sauvignon Blanc from New Zealand like it's fine like I can't they all taste the same to me yes wine is something that's super supposed to taste different and it does not no it doesn't because the entire wine industry is a sham and everybody that's a big wine fan needs to get a real hobby yeah Mm -hmm. I always do the under 10 bottle from Target yeah, if you tasted a note of oak in that shade I just threw, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. But also even then, like, I can tell, like, beers. And I'm, I can tell when, like, a gin is cheap. 
And otherwise, it all tastes exactly the same. <laughs> That's correct. You were right. You were right. But she put some cardamom in. Yes. And everyone noticed. Yes, everyone noticed that note of cardamom. Good job, yeah. Ronnie. I was shocked that Cheryl spoke to her principal that way. <laughs> really? Were you? And he just let her. Yeah, well... I think Mr. Honey is trying to intentionally exacerbate the situation, Principal yeah. Honey. Um, and so they bring in this new coach who's like, excuse you, I have brought my cheerleaders to nationals every year by doing like just like rah-rah cheers, which means she's definitely not going to nationals because we've all watched the show Cheer and we all have seen Bring It On and we all understand that what the Vixens had been doing is closer to what will go to nationals, although they still are nowhere near what they need to be doing. That is correct. Also... This coach's name is Ms. Appleyard. Yes. And you know what? I think she should go back to the Appleyard because I sure don't like her. That's a hot take. Yeah, I know. I'm really, I'm really throwing down the hot takes. Louis' takes on wine, his takes on uh, Ms. Appleyard, this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she's like, no more pop songs. So, yeah. yeah. Which is fine because they didn't do pop song. They did a rock song. That's right. They did. So a new, uh, Notre Dame recruiter is coming from Monroe, and I'm just like, love this journey for him. Do you know what else I noticed about the show? Is they have segued out of calling him Mad Dog. Yes. And now only call him Monroe, which I definitely think gives the character a lot of agency that I really like. Yeah, I'm really happy with it. Yeah, I think that's cool. And I think that it was sort of a gradual shift that's happened over the last few episodes, but it's definitely yeah. been noticed by us, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it notes the like... It's who he, he's always been is like a really nice kid. Yes. Moving that nickname is showing other people that too. Yeah, totally. And it sort of shows how naming is important. And it's like sort of an interesting little subtle play into identity without it becoming a big plot point as well. Yeah. Like in contrast to, not that I have anything against this on the show, because I think they're doing it well, but in contrast with Veronica being like, I'm renaming myself Veronica Luna. Like, yeah. that being such a line in the sand. This was more mm -hmm. of a gradual shift. Yeah. Yes. Also, it's the last game of the season. Remember f three episodes ago when they were practicing for, like, the first time? And they were <laughs> suspicious of Monroe? Yeah. 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 So, um, <laughs> yeah. So we learned Stonewall plays dirty, which is just, like, honestly throw away for me because the next scene was big, in my opinion. Is this the scene with Uncle Frank? Yes, because Archie is like, I've been thinking, and Frank has been like, me too. And I'm like, this is new for both of them. And, oh, oh that they've both been thinking? Yeah. Yes, yes, this past time, I know. But also, too, I feel like Uncle Frank has gone from coming in at the end of an episode, which was last episode. Yeah. And all of a sudden doing all this shit with Archie that happens off screen. Mm -hmm. And how I don't understand why this wasn't over the course of several episodes. That we, pla we plant Frank in, you know, he, he becomes trusted and then all this stuff is revealed, and that would have made it so much more high stakes, you know? Yeah. Well, Riverdale lives in the Jeremy Baramy timeline, so sure. things just move around. <laughs> um, yeah, Frank's like, I'm moving on. Your mom hates me. Peace. And 
That's yes. like it. Then we then we get the scene with uh, Jughead and Betty talking about Yale, and I was distracted because it was making me very hungry. Why? I feel the pop scenes don't normally do that, but I feel like it was the first time they really focused on French fries. Oh, well, French fries like are delicious. Snack food. It's not like a meal. So I think that's what was doing it to me. I'm still disappointed. We just need one scene before the entire series is done mm-hmm. with Jughead just like really sloppily eating. Just yeah, we've like, been a very neat eater on the show. He Well, Jughead as a character is like very, I think, sort of very twee in particular. Uh-huh. on the show and I don't mind that as an interpretation of the character but I want it to be a joke where like he needs to eat in a hurry for some reason and he gets like sauce all over his face yeah like it just needs to be something like that needs to happen for my own satisfaction I'm gonna jump to two references for this okay one is the end of the first adventure movie starring Chris Evans which yeah, we're... Have, but with the big Chris Hemsworth bite at the end Yes, and where the other is where uh, they're all eating shawarma together. Yeah, and it ends with Chris Hemsworth just like <sighs> yes, eating so much shawarma. Um, the other is uh, the Meow Meow Beans episode of Community when they find out that people will only listen to Britta if she has mustard on her face. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I I do want to flash back for a second, mm-hmm. just a little bit of a writing quibble here. Mm-hmm. So apparently. Frank was working before he went to Riverdale on a crab boat. Right. Which is like hard work. It is. That's like a lot of manual labor. Yeah, they have reality shows about it. And then Alice says, at the sheer mention of hard work, Frank runs away. Yeah, Mary, but yeah. Oh, shit. I said Alice. I'm so sorry. Yeah, Mary said, you know, at the sheer mention of hard work, at the, you know, at the first mention of hard work, Frank runs away. Yeah. And it's like... What? He's working on a crab boat. That's... Yeah, have you ever seen The Deadliest Catch? Yeah, I, I have personally not, but I know that crab boats are a hard thing to be working on. Yeah, so. I don't watch it, but I've seen that clip of when the dad goes overboard and, like, they actually manage to get him back on, and it is moving. Yeah, yeah, so I don't get it. I dangerous don't get it. job. So, Betty decides, no more fluff piece. Mm-hmm. He's going to interview Brett. And this is also... So they were talking about Yale, so I looked up where Toni Morrison went to college to see why Betty didn't use her connections. And Toni Morrison went to Howard, so that's probably why Betty did not use that. Aha! Uh-huh. A historically, so historically Black college. School. She could have gone for Cornell. Yeah, maybe she could have gone for Cornell. Yeah. Uh, but we haven't heard Toni Morrison mentioned, like, in a little while on the show. Right. Well, so, like, not since season one, episode one. So I guess right. that's just not a factor on the show anymore. Well, Toni Morrison is dead in real life. But when did she pass away? Like, I feel like a year or two ago. Yeah, it's pretty recent. But Betty never, never uh, mourned. <laughs> no, that's true. There should have been an entire episode that was Betty like, I worked very closely with Toni Morrison. <laughs> that would have been amazing. <laughs> anyway. Um, I feel that the new coach is just Cheryl. A few years older. Oh, but she's boring. Yeah, and, and then she body shames Cheryl. Yeah, she body shames her. She's basic. Yeah. I don't like her at all. She's a great villain. Yeah. She, you know what she feels like in this current timeline, in this current mm-hmm. moment? She feels like a real Karen. I'll 
agree with that. Mm-hmm, which I'm Maybe into. that's her first name. We only know her last name. Yeah, yeah, that could be her first name. Karen yeah. Appleyard. Yeah. Um, all I wrote for the next thing was ill Brett followed by ill football. Totally. Totally. And Brett's being gross and he's talking about football in a gross way. And he's like, it's social Darwinism in uniforms. Brett is such a mess of a character. He did, like, he doesn't even feel like a villain. He just feels like the worst. He's like the Britta of Stonewall. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally fair. Absolutely. Maybe at the end of the season, he'll hook up with Coach uh, Appleyard. Maybe they'll yeah. become an item. Yeah. And then they'll play Matt and Kim. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the next scene is when everyone tastes the cardamom. Yes. Luna rum. She's selling rum. Are teenagers allowed to sell alcohol? Um, over 18, you are allowed to sell, but not imbibe. Got it. Got it. Okay, cool. I guess yeah, she's so over 18 places- now because Archie's over 18. Yeah, so most places don't hire under 21 just because it is very easy to uh, slip. But yeah, it's a bad look. Yeah. Yeah, you can serve if you're over 18. Cool. Well, good for Miss Luna. Mm-hmm. And they're all getting so excited about it. Mm-hmm. And then Jughead gets a package. He gets a new, new laptop. He gets a new, new laptop. But I was really hoping that maybe someone had mailed, <laughs> mailed Jughead a turd, Pink Flamingo style. <laughs> but it didn't happen. So. No, sorry. <laughs> they mailed me a turd. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, it's just a new computer. Yep, he's to meet Brett in the basement at 10. Yeah, maybe so Breck and Jughead can fool around. But no, yeah. that's not what's happening. It's not. Um, I felt that Mr. Honey was doing a good job heightening his sweater game throughout the episode. Yes. Yeah, Mr. Honey's, Mr. Honey's evil is increasing with his sweater game, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It, it felt very subtle. It felt like the shark wallpaper in the other guys were like, maybe you wouldn't have noticed. But if you do, it's nice. Yeah, totally. Totally. And the, the vixens are, river vixens are going on strike. Right. And this scene, it's like, it's interesting how they brought the river vixens back into being a plot in the show. Like, basically when it's convenient. But I'm fine with that. And then I was looking at this assemblage of river vixens. And it's all, like, actors that we haven't really ever seen before. Yeah. Other than, of course, Cheryl and Tony. Which right. makes sense, because it hasn't been a big plot point. Clearly... Betty has moved on from River Vixens. Mm-hmm. Clearly, Veronica has as well. Except, except then, th- then she hasn't. <laughs> so Veronica's like a River Vixen when it's convenient for her to be yeah. a River Vixen. Yeah. Like, I thought that was kind of weird yeah. um, later on. But, like, I didn't mind that it was new actors in the scene. Like, to me, that was, like, actually really clear plot-wise, you yeah. know? So Betty's doing this interview where it's, like, they're rotating injured players. And I really like the scene. I loved this scene, and what a great showcase for a bunch of cute, nice Canadian actors. Yeah, some nice boys. I have to say, I thought that there were a lot of really cute boys in this episode. There were a lot of really cute unnamed boys. Yeah, which I was into. I, but while we're on the subject of male muscled heartthrobs, I am going to say, didn't, wasn't thrilled at how little the camera lingered on the uh, locker room scenes. And this is me completely contradicting myself. 
when I've accused the shows being, of being really like exploitational in the past, you know, so. Well, you know, it's a whole new world. You can be the gendered gaze you want to be. Uh, apparently I can, I don't know. <laughs> um, so uh, we find out that Stonewall like purposely injures the players and pays off the refs to get away with it. Yes. <sighs> okay. Sure. Well, that is a tactic of fighting dirty on the football field. Like, yeah. like this, this all like to be relates in kind of an interesting, very Riverdale-y way to like actual discussions around sports injuries that are happening right now. Mm-hmm. So I don't mind this being a plot. You know, to me, this falls in the same realm as for-profit prison being a plot in Riverdale, not totally getting into it, but hinting mm-hmm. at it in a way that it maybe may, might make young people have an understanding of, this topic that they might not have known about before. Yeah, well, I read a fun, not fun article today talking about how college sports are actually affirmative action for white people. Uh-huh, sure. Because if you guys, you probably know 65% of college athletes are white. I didn't know that, that's gross. It's because the ones you see are football and basketball and those sports skew black, but mm-hmm. all the other sports you're swimming, lacrosse, baseball, rowing, all of those. Yeah, or white people. Yeah. Yep. Very interesting. Well, I'm glad that the Notre Dame scout is coming to see Monroe specifically. Yeah, even though that is one of the sports that otherwise is a problem. And they are starting to let them monetize because that was a big problem with football and basketball. Mm-hmm. Was not being able to make money off of your name. So Interesting. Huh. That's really yeah. interesting. So then we get like a mini workout montage. Yes. And you know what I realized? I kind of want this show to have more workout montages. Uh, you know, the first few seasons of Arrow, which is another Berlanti-produced show. They had so many pull-ups. There, yeah, Arrow would stop what it was doing to just wa- watch Stephen Amell doing exercises. Mainly he was doing the angel ladder thing, which is him like pulling himself up on a bar. Yeah. Or it's called Jacob's Ladder, I think. I don't know, that's pull-ups, fancy pull-ups. Yeah, fancy pull-ups. Uh, but then very, every once in a while, they were, they'd switch it up and he'd be hitting a giant tire with a hammer for no reason. Great. And I'd love to see more of that on the show, more yeah. stuff like that. That would be great. I want to see Archie hit a tire with a hammer. Yes. Yes. And then I want to see Jughead write about it. <laughs> on his new, new laptop. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Monroe goes outside with zero situational awareness. You know that you were in a crime mode in area and yet you put in both headphones Totally. Totally. And then Monroe takes, I have a problem with the scene as well. Monroe takes, takes three steps away from the community center and there's these, you know, creepy Donnie Darko guys. Right. The same mask that Brett was wearing. And Monroe's like, oh no. But Monroe didn't have enough time to run back inside where his friends were. Yeah, no, they straight, I mean, they Tanya Hart, they uh, Nancy carried him yes. right away. Yes, they did. Absolutely. Absolutely. But like so fast because Monroe was really close to the community center. Nancy Kerrigan went on and competed in the Olympics anyway. So like without the pain. She did not medal, but well, she got silver. No, I think she got bronze, but I don't remember. But she didn't get gold, but also she she just went on. She might have been on pills as well. That's true. She also had a baseball bat instead of golf club, which I think might be better because it covers more surface area, whereas a golf club could just like hit one place. Yeah, this is awful. Yeah. Yeah. But also, 
he's pretty fast too, I bet. Like, it just, yeah, it wasn't so good. Then we get a sequence that mm-hmm. I call Secrets. Yeah, well, my first question is, when is Jughead going to get his Gryffindor robes? <laughs> uh, yeah, seriously, let's, let's get going on this, please. Yeah. I want Jughead to get his robes for sure. And then we get Secrets. Right. And the first one is this, like, gross molestation one. Right. And, like, don't play fast and loose with, like... They've already played fast and loose with Donna and sexual assault. I know, I know. This is so... I'm so not into it. And then we have this Brett and the prostitute thing. Yeah, which kind of have them on Shameless, too. Sure, sure. Different show. And I have a friend whose father, when he was about this age, did offer this. Mm-hmm. And his friend refused. Yeah. And then the father backed off. Yeah. And that's gross and very so-so, obviously. Mm-hmm. But this is an interesting insight into Brett. I don't mind this. This is sort of showing why Brett is the way he is, which is totally fucked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't mind this. I don't mind this, uh, which is good, mm-hmm. uh, I feel. And then... Jughead's secret. I felt that Jughead was lying. Maybe, maybe. He, lived at the, he had a place. He was living in the drive-in. Well, well, you know, Jughead for a while uh, was sort of in and out of, of going to different, you know, we don't, we don't really know. When he this story could be true, like whatever. Mm-hmm. But my big complaint is that we've now had... Uh, Jughead have this whole, you know, set of stuff that's happened to him since the show started. And I don't really love that they decided to create a new Deepest Darkest secret for him. Yeah, he has some good secrets. Yeah, I, I would have been really interested to sort of maybe call back when Jughead, um, what was the name of that scary gang member character again that he knifed? That he took the pound of flesh from he oh cut her yeah what the fuck is her name yeah that would be she interesting hmm? she had a fun name yeah she oh, did penny. was her name penny dreadful no it was penny something yeah but it wasn't penny pinkerton no who's permanently positively punished but he cut out her he cut off you know a part of her arm and i feel that that's maybe enough that's yeah. so violent and horrible and something that he was forced to do that he maybe would feel a lot of shame. Mm-hmm. And I would be interested to, exp- you know, once again, sort of explore that trauma, you know? Yeah. So anyway. And then we hear nothing from the fourth kid and move on. Yes, exactly. Not important anymore. Yep. I, we still, I don't think we even know that kid's name. No, no. That's another person in the, in the secret society. Yeah. He's been in, in a lot of episodes. Mm-hmm. But we don't know him. No. So we find out that uh, Karen Appleyard is the HCIC. Yeah, head coach in charge, right? Yeah. And Cheryl's reading The Art of War, which is so fun. Great. Yeah, I love that. And they find out that, so the cheerleaders or the River Vixens are going to perform because otherwise they'll be banned from prom. Mr. Honey sucks. He's so mean. Yeah, it mean. also like, feels like the opposite of what any other school would do. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but Mr. Honey is like so overly punitive. Yep. Yeah, that's what we know about him. Now, here's a interesting quote I got from the show. Tony says, babe. She does. <laughs> she does. It's all she says. Yes, yes. She does say, babe. Yeah. There should be a scene where where Cheryl and Jughead are doing something wrong and FP and Tony bust in on them and FP goes, boy, and Cheryl, or, and Tony goes, babe. And they're like, boy, babe, boy, babe. <laughs> That'd be amazing. It would be delightful. Yeah. Um, so Archie and Reggie and an unnamed third bulldog, another cute boy with no name, go to attack Brett, Weston Wallace and co. At Stonewall, which is now apparently like somewhat across the street from Riverdale High. But they take a streetcar. Yes, yes. Well, they could have taken a train, I guess. But boy, they sure schlep out of their way to go bust some heads, don't they? Yeah, you know. Mm -hmm. And then they get called welfare cases. And I feel like that really embodied Brett because Reggie's very rich. Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And... How do you feel getting to see Brett getting punched? I feel like I didn't get the time to savor it I wanted. Oh, uh, that's true. They could have lingered on it a little more. Yeah. Or maybe it could have happened multiple times. Yeah. But I sure loved it. It was nice. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Yeah, it's it was like about a good, time. Yeah. Um, so Frank is the one that bails Archie out because Archie memorized Frank's phone number already. Mm-hmm. And is ashamed. Yep. Yeah, and is ashamed of what he's done. So then we've got, sorry, we've got Molly Ringwald, uh-huh. <laughs> a.k.a. Mary. Yeah, uh, wait, you're jumping because oh, there's I'm sorry. stuff in between. Okay, go for it. Because sorry. Jughead has his interview with the Yale person. That's right. Where right away I feel that I think Jughead might be a very boring writer. Like, I feel like I would not enjoy what Jughead writes. Because he's influenced by Lovecraft? Maybe. Honestly, sure. maybe. <laughs> sure, that's totally fair. Um, he's and derivative. Then there's a very long explanation about how Yale is a meritocracy, which is very funny. <laughs> yes, yes it is. Um, because it's not, that's the joke. Yeah. Um, womp womp. <laughs> yikes. We have Archie's Oh, yeah, Archie's talking to Frank about how he boxes, and it ends with Archie like, I boxed a bear, and then they just move on. And they're like, ha, 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 yeah. Um, this didn't ruin my life when this happened, yeah. yeah. And then Betty asks Veronica to go on a classic B&B caper, but without the B, and she's like, are you willing to wear a wire? And Veronica's like, absolutely. Yes, which is fine, but I was... So sad that they didn't make this a classic B and V caper. Yeah. And also, why was Veronica ke- or why was Betty keeping this a secret from Juggy? Like she just assumed that Jughead wouldn't be at this party. Yeah, I don't know. Ugh. Uh, anyway, I so then yeah, Alice. The Molly Ringwald scene, I wrote down the dialogue for what for the Molly Ringwald scene. Okay, give it to us. So Mary walks in and she says, "Anything interesting happened today?" And Archie, instead of saying no, says, I don't know what you're talking about, which is mm-hmm. the most incriminating response he could have come up with. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out that FP told her what happened and that Frank is a classic ne'er-do-well. 
Yes, classic. And Archie is grounded. Yes. Because Archie is now living back at the house. Well, yeah, because I was like, he put Frank, but no, Frank is on the couch. No one is living at the center. Yeah, I thought Archie had moved out. Yeah, he did. Yeah, so now he's back in his room, apparently. Well, I wonder, I think, because he moved out for Mary's safety because of the uh, Dodgers. So you think he moved back in? Maybe. Yeah, but that's not not addressed on the show. Nope, unclear. Uh, And then we've got Veronica in her bad wig. But I I actually really liked this wig. Not into it, not into it. It it was too, like, flat looking. It didn't have enough body, in my opinion. I like it better than the other wig. I think the other wig is too wiggy. This one felt like... Yeah, well, the other wig, though, she wraps it around with a kerchief, which yeah. I think helps it a lot. Just helps give it more yeah, of a natural look. Yeah, but that would not look good at a high school party. Definitely. No, I get why she didn't do that, but... Yeah, yeah didn't love this wig. Brett sucks. Oh yeah, my God, like he sucks in this scene. They do do shots out of tiny little solo cups. They do shots out of tiny solo cups, but, like, she's, like you know, I'm taking orders and he says, oh, go to my room, take your clothes off oh, and God, wait yeah, for me. I, oh, I hate uh, him. He sucks. Uh, and then Jughead notices her and she's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, I go here. And also <laughs> Jughead, like, he would figure out immediately that something's happening because yeah. she's in a wig. Yeah. And he wouldn't do that. That was bad writing, right? He yeah. wouldn't be like, Ronnie? Rah, yeah, rah, rah. Like, it's very like you go here, like it's hard. Like you got into Harvard Law. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, so silly. And then so he goes to Betty, and Betty's like, Why didn't you tell me about the secret society? And I'm like, Because it's a secret. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know. And just want to say, Jughead in this scene, in his, like, party clothes, mm-hmm. I think he looks really good, but I think it's something that maybe only a character like he could pull off, and something that if I saw someone wearing in real life, I'd be like, oh, that guy's a douche. Yes. Like, so just to reiterate the way he looked at it he's wearing these tight high-waisted pants with suspenders Mm -hmm. and then a button-up shirt that's half tucked in Mm -hmm. and it's only half buttoned and then we see his undershirt underneath Mm -hmm. and then to throw the whole thing together he's wearing his crown yeah, I would feel he was in a community production of Guys and Dolls. Yes, totally. That's, yeah, totally. And it feels very, like, theater geeky, the way he's dressed. Yeah. Like, this is how you look nice. Aren't I fancy looking? Now I'm going to go listen to some electro swing. You this know? is very, uh, you know, the SNL Crucible cast party? Yes, totally. It's yeah. very that, yes. Yeah. Which is... The most attacked I've ever felt during a sketch. I know, but also the most accurate. That's why I felt so attacked. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, So, Archie is... Oh, I just noticed that Archie is way more like Frank than he is like Fred. 
way more like Frank. Absolutely. This is where he gets it. Oh, here he is. Yeah. Absolutely. And then we get into the fact that Frank has PTSD from fighting in... Um, Desert Storm. Desert, was it Desert Storm? Yeah, that's early 90s. Whoa. So he... Timeline is a little weird here. Well, that's, so that's before Archie was born. That's, in theory, right out of high school. Yeah, that's fair. I guess, I, I guess that works for him. Yeah. So I hope they deal with the PTSD, like, properly, because that's a serious, real thing. Yeah. So in my head, I was thinking when, right before Archie was born, but I was thinking right before KJ was born. This is, like, he would have to be, like, 10 or 15 years older than Fred. Yeah, 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 because of what we know from, but, the, but they play so fast and loose. The episode, the flashback episode was in the 80s. Yeah. With all of them. So it's right. like, whatever. Yeah. No, we so, decided it was early 90s. That's right. But all the music was 80s. Right. For no, for no good reason. One reference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. So, so, yeah. Um, and this whole scene, Luke Perry's, you know, headshot... Yeah, his great headshot. ...is watching them mm-hmm. in the background out of focus. Yeah. But I think it's very intentional framing. Yeah. Because it started out in focus. Oh, did it? I yeah, didn't notice that. Did. I only noticed when it was out of focus. Okay, cool. Yeah. So Hiram confronts Veronica about how the core of their rum is the same. And I don't know how you make rum, but I have a feeling that all rums have the same core. Yeah, why doesn't Hiram, you know... <laughs> Hiram should sue Captain Morgan next. Yeah, if it had a different core, it wouldn't be rum. Yeah, absolutely. It would be some other grain. Yeah, it's the grain. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, so the cease and desist doesn't hold at all. No. And makes very little sense. But I did like that it was one piece of paper and said cease and desist in very large letters. Cease and desist, Veronica Luna. Yes. And then, you know, he offers them to team up so they can combine their efforts and rule the galaxy side by side. Yeah. But she says no, because there's been too much damage done. Yeah, I wouldn't trust him. I agree. And Consuelos in the scene, I think this is played very nice and grounded. Yeah. He's like, well, if you feel that way, and like, I can, it feels like a father really genuinely being hurt by his daughter in a way that I really, really, really liked. So that was good. I thought yeah. that was that was good. Um, yeah. The next scene, Jughead does some top-notch object work. <laughs> and I'm not kidding, because remember we had the time when he clicked save 100 times, but he did it with the mouse, and we talked about how millennials will control less. Yes. And like how that was actually very realistic for playing a Gen Z person, how he saved it. Totally. This, so uh, Mr. DuPont comes in and... Jughead's like throwing things off and before he throws a coffee cup in he like checks to see if it's empty and then like puts it in but like it was a very realistic like this could have liquid in it let me double check yeah 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 totally which is great and I like those I think that Cole Sprouse is pretty good at those moments yeah Yeah. I think he has fun with them I think he's like I don't get given a lot so I'm gonna do the best with like what they're not coaching him on yeah absolutely like the director was not like do save it this way or like do the cup this way. I think he's getting very like, doesn't have a lot of artistic control. So he takes it where he can get it. And that's an object work. Yeah, for sure. 
gets offered to sit with Mr. Brooks at the game. Yep, in the alumni section. Mm-hmm. And then Frank, mm-hmm. who sucks, yep. offers Monroe pills yep. that'll get him through the game. Yeah. And we all know to just say no to drugs. Right. And mm-hmm. Archie is like, well, Monroe is like, yes. And Archie is like, no, you two should not even be talking about this. I'm going to leave the room and leave you two together. With to no. talk about this. Yes. <laughs> yep. Um, and then I was, I guess I forgot it was the last game because like, you could just tell the Notre Dame scout that you're injured, that you got injured. Like they know that people get injured and sometimes sports don't work out. Like if they want to come see him, they have the tapes and like they're understanding that like sometimes things happen. Like it yeah. mean you're not going to get in. Yeah. They're very, they're kind to sports injuries because it's yeah. part of the, it's part of the way things work, but he has to play this game because Notre That's Dame's my- there and it's the only time that we're ever going to get to see him. Yep. I thought it was fun that we saw Kevin say absolutely nothing. I know Kevin got to be in that scene for whatever yep. reason. Absolutely. Yep. And, and not in it again. And then <laughs> this is this is the scene where Ronnie is all of a sudden a cheerleader again. Yeah, she never went to practice, but, but she is a cheerleader. But there she is supporting Cheryl, which is yep. great. Cheryl, who set a fire trap. Yes, she did. Which um, is good for her. Yeah. And then we see that Tony is the only one wearing fishnet stockings. Everyone else is bare legged. Yes, and Tony's in her stockings. Yep. And Reggie has plans for Hiram. At, at halftime. Yes, at halftime. Yep. Yes. Um, and the girls start performing Cherry Bomb. Is By the Runaways. Yes, the Runaways. Yes. And it's playing over the football game, and it got to the point where I said, oh, we're doing the whole song. Yes. Whole song, whole action scene. How did you feel about this one? far from my favorite this was one of my personal faves you know ever for me because i just thought that it worked well it was fun it was uh, appropriately kind of silly cherry bomb is great for cheryl to be singing yeah i felt the dancing was scandalous for a high school situation it certainly was of course um and i feel so my standard of how you cover a football game is Friday Night Lights. Sure. You don't have to understand football to understand because it's not about football. Yeah, and this is just a bunch of guys running into each other. Yeah, and so this had that element of like, you don't really need to understand what's going on. And then it hit that two-point conversion thing and I was like, Friday Night Lights would never do this. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Coach Taylor knows better Mm -hmm. than to set up a two-point conversion while girls are singing Cherry Bomb. Well said, absolutely. And then we had, you know, the big play, and they right. lose. Well, so I, I was thinking they're like it's the last play of our of our whole football time, and I was like, what happened at halftime when Reggie and Veronica were going to meet? Well, then we learn later on. Yeah, but it was I but did. It, it was like, yeah. The layout of that was very weird. Yeah. Yes, totally. Um, and so they lose. Yes. Uh, but you know, it doesn't matter if you win or lose, it's how you play the game. Yep. And then Monroe gets to go to Notre Dame. Dame. Which is so nice. The fact that they set up the pills and nothing happened 
means that the pills, something has to happen later on. This must be a long-term thing where Monroe's going to get addicted to the pills or something, right? Yeah, it feels very Chekhov's gun because, like... Yeah. We, this is now... I thought Monroe was going to die. This I thought is Monroe was going to die on the field. That's what I was predicting to happen. And when it didn't happen, I was relieved because I didn't want the character to die. But I was also surprised yeah. that nothing happened with the pills. This is, like, the third or fourth time we thought there was an opioid problem in Riverdale. That's true. And they've done that before, you know, with Jingle Jangle and everything Yeah, on the show. But this seems like something's going to happen. And it yeah. didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, who let Frank into the locker room? Frank's just allowed to wander in to see a bunch of boys changing. Yeah. And then he says, well, where I came from, which is also Riverdale. Yes, that's correct. They did, he did grow up with... Yeah, where I came from, you mean, do you mean the... You mean here? The, the crabbing boat? The, <laughs> is that you, where, did you grow up on a crabbing boat? The Middle East? Because where you came from is literally this exact locker room. Yeah, exactly. So, I real Is Brett being set up to be gay? Why do you think that? It feels very, um, how... They used to not know how to play queer characters, and they were always the villain. Sure, like, like it can't be co- queer yeah, villain. coded is queer. Yeah. Sure. Hmm. It, yeah, it feels like very like eighties, like thinking they're being inclusive, but the gay person's always the villain, so they're not really. Yeah. Like, like yeah. I mean, if that leads to it being that Brett finds a boyfriend and chills the fuck out. Yeah, that would be also- fine. But How he spoke to Veronica felt very performative. What? Oh, you mean when he was hitting on her and stuff? Yeah. Interesting. Maybe. I thought that that felt more just like a little douchebag that doesn't it know did. how to deal with women. It did, but then the way he spoke to Betty and Jughead after the game was kind of red flaggy to me. Yeah, when he called Betty Miss Thang. Yeah. That was a little much. Yeah. yeah. When he z-snapped his way out. Yeah, exactly. And then yelled, that's the T. Yeah, exactly. He death-dropped and left. He death-dropped and left. And away. It just seemed, yeah, it seemed a little, you're right, it seemed a little performative. You're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah. So then we learn that Ronnie. Wait, is- well, first she has the maple cone. Yeah, oh, that's so right. Remember when I was like, they're going to put maple syrup in the rub? Yes, we predicted this a few se- a few episodes ago. Absolutely. Yeah. We knew they were going to put maple in the rum. Absolutely. Yeah. And then it turns out she dug her key into the side of her daddy's pretty little souped up four-wheel drive. Or drop. Reggie did it. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. But they carry underwooded it. Yeah, totally. Um, And put some rum in the tank. And then we have this whole thing where maybe Frank could stay in Archie's room. Because yeah. we don't know where Archie's living or I think whatever. the living room. Hmm? I think he was having Frank stay in the living room. Oh, okay. That's fine. But the whole thing was weird. Anyway. Yeah, it was. So yeah, so Veronica goes with Mabel Rum, and then suddenly this quiz bowl plot comes in at the very last minute. Which I am so excited for. I am too. A quiz bowl thing in Riverdale? Yes! Let's do it. Let's have it last for 17 episodes. Oh my god. did quiz bowl in high school the one year they had it. Awesome. And here's my fun, delightful story that I don't get to tell enough. Please. But it's great. So this was like 2007, 2008. One of the questions was about 
like it describes like a logo for like a like a fashion campaign from like three years earlier and it was a mark jacobs campaign and i did not buzz in fast enough because a guy from the other team buzzed in and was uh-huh. like mark jacobs and then everyone on his team was like good job and he was like i don't know why i knew that and i was there like i know why you knew that and i don't know why no one else knows why you knew that yeah <laughs> very clear why you knew this kid that's amazing. <laughs> but you know, I hope everything's going great for that kid. Cause I hope so too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I was like really happy for him in the moment. Like, you know what? I didn't build it on time, but I'm glad that like you're getting to share this part of yourself without being worried. Being judged for it. Absolutely. I probably hit on him on Grinder before. Yeah, I mean, time. I was clearly judging him from across the room. Yes. But in a, in a just not understanding why no one else is judging him. <laughs> So we got the quiz bowl thing. Yeah. Then we learn that you're going to Yale, boy. Yeah. First Jones to go to college and it's Yale. Yeah. I do want to say I liked that Honey was so into quiz bowl. Oh, totally. Yes. This is, this is Honey's purview. Absolutely. Yeah. And then yeah, so we learn that Brett is also going to Yale. Right. Which means that we can keep Brett on the show, I guess, for longer than he's going to totally overstay his welcome as a character. Yeah. Unless he becomes some sort of ally, which would be fun if they can somehow become friends with each other. Yeah, but it doesn't feel like that based on the one month later. <laughs> it doesn't. And it's also interesting how the show cuts right before the one month later to just a very quiet scene in Miss Appleyard's office where she has turned into a skeleton. <laughs> Because that didn't get resolved, did it? So I'm assuming she died. I'm assuming Cheryl killed her, and now there's just a locked office with a skeleton in it. With, like, some cobwebs on it. Yep. I, done. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so Jug, uh, Betty's cleaning up Jughead's desk. Yes. That's, like, save your tears. You've got your wish ponytail. Yeah. And wish was to get into Yale because they were like, well, if your boyfriend died, I guess we'll let you in instead. Yes, Betty's going it's like to that rumor. Instead. I don't know if they have the rumor in Canada that if your roommate died, you'd get all A's for the semester. Oh, yeah. The, or, yeah, urban, urban myth. Yeah. yeah. The, yeah. Ugh. So that was the episode. Yep. It was fun, though. It was fun. There was some good yeah. shit in there. Yeah, yeah, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. So let's do Power and Crush. Okay. Uh, who was on your power list? Um, so Vegas. Of course. Um, followed by Brett. Sure. He's up to no good. Mm-hmm. Frank, mm-hmm. up to no good. Uh, Veronica, up to good. Yep. But doing a lot. And then Betty, who I feel like is finally transitioning out of her Charlie Day. Uh, yes, cuckoo, cuckoo time. Yeah. Our our lists are very similar. Yeah. Just in a slightly different order. Mine is Frank first, mm-hmm. then Veronica, mm-hmm. then Cheryl. Okay. And then Brett. Okay. And then the crush list. Who do you I have? Had some this week. Huh? I had some trouble with the crush list this week. I did not. Well, so week. you do yours. Cheryl number one. Okay. Uh just looking great, doing great. Monroe number two. Okay. Uh, lovely, lovely Monroe. And then number three, and his look that he can for some reason pull off, despite the fact that it's nothing that I would like in real life, Jughead. 
Okay. Yeah. Well, I will say I considered Monroe because he does make my list a lot. And then I was like, I don't want a drug addict on my list, which is, <gasps> is a really serious disease and we shouldn't joke about it like this. But I did feel like I was going to just go that way and lean into it hard. Sure. Um, so I put on Betty, Veronica, but when she's in her wig. Oh, and okay. Just unnamed boys. Yes, the boys, the boys. We love you, boys. The boys. Yeah, the day players. Yeah, the boys who had one or two lines each and probably got paid pretty well for those. Yeah, for those. Scale. Yeah, they at least got scale. Absolutely. I bet that my friend who works in Vancouver theater knows all those boys. Yeah. So next episode. Quiz show. Yes, which is a film from the nineties. Yeah, ninety four, based on a real story. Yes, which I saw and can't remember a thing about that film. So what I, I have not seen it, but I vaguely know the story because um, the person who was the congressional lawyer in it is also a really good speechwriter. Mm-hmm. He retired from speechwriting after working with Bobby Kennedy because it really fucked him up. He was in the room. Oh, got it. So it was too much yeah. for him. A yeah. lot of people who worked with Bobby Kennedy were in that room. Yeah, we're in the room, so they were done after that. Yeah, yeah. too scary. It, yeah, his name is Richard Goodwin. He has, like, written books and stuff since, but he has not been as involved since. Well, fingers crossed for a lot of Richard Goodwin references in the episode of Riverdale coming up, Quiz Bowl. Yeah, so it's, been, so it's a 19, uh, 1958 cheating scandal with game shows. Yes. Which is now, it's against the law to cheat on game shows, which feels odd because you think of how like scripted reality shows are mm-hmm. but it's a very serious thing because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was good, yeah there's it a was a big problem in uh the price is right someone was like barney stinson nailing it and he throws to a commercial break and he like looks very very uncomfortable because he's really worried that he's going to be implicated in some scandal mm-hmm. turns out the guy was just like really good at the price is right but yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah it's surprising that cheating on game shows is like actually a serious felony in the U.S. Yeah. And I hope that we uh, have some of that stuff in this next episode. Yeah. I hope it's seriously addressed. Uh, They do great with law in this show. They do very well with law in this show. Yeah. And that being said, thanks to our editor, Angelie Mercado. Yes. And our theme song writer, Louis Aronowitz. And, uh, you know, uh, rate and review us on iTunes. And thanks to all of our loyal listeners that are listening to us. Kate, what a pleasure. As always. All right. Well, we hope, pals and gals, to see you again on XOXO Riverdale. Bye. Bye.